Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Father John and Joe Doman here. And uh, we're, gosh, we've got to be getting into the 80s now in terms of uh, numbers of podcasts. No, do. dude. I think we're way over. I think we've already passed 100. What? I think so. Do you I know don't... why? Because 30 of them are not on the website. I gave them I gave them to Father Peter. Uh, I, I, I washed my hands of this. This is not a professional operation. <laughs> As you Pilot can see. just washed his hands of it. Mm-hmm. Well, John, I have a question for you. Okay. I, I, I prompted you earlier about yes. this. So tell me, have you ever scandalized somebody in your life? Yes. Give it to me. Uh, like which doing? night of the last week? <laughs> yeah, right? I would say, when did I scandalize somebody? Well, Joe, that's kind of an inappropriate last question. Last time we podcasted, maybe? Last time I podcasted. There was a lot of old women who were scandalized when I was the head of a 150-person conga line at the wedding reception on Friday night. Really? I was in a cassock, too, which looked kind of absurd. That sounds fantastic. It was great, but... What's scandalous about that? I don't know. Just priests dancing to hip-hop music. As they were kind of freaking out. All these old Irish women, they were like, oh, it's so crazy. Kids, kids liked it. And I danced like a refrigerator. So that's true with that's probably, That was probably the more scandalous thing was the, the carnage that was happening around me from people <laughs> getting nailed. That's right. Well, you're actually using this is the pro, this is the problem with how we talk about scandal. You're actually using scandal in the wrong way. Ah, uh, a our, stumbling block. It's a exact. Do you know the Greek word where it comes Scandalon. from? Scandalon. Scandalon. Yes. It's a stumbling block. Is that what the podcast is on today? Well, I was thinking. I was kind of disappointed by uh, Nathan's podcast on cursing. Uh, uh, I wasn't disappointed after listening to it, but when I uh, saw it, go. I was really we excited. We're going to have a family feud here. About I was this really one. excited that he was going to talk about like cu- like cussing. That's what I thought he was talking about. Yeah. But then he talked about the cursing, cursing. Songs, which was really good. But I was kind of like, oh, man, I was, I was, I was, I was intrigued, you know, by He's the title so pious. and stuff. So what's yours on? Well, it's not, I was thinking about doing it on cussing, um, but I decided to go just to scandal in general. Uh, because this kind of falls under a broad. Can we talk uh, about cussing though? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. You can even cuss if you want, as long just, as it's not causing scandal. I just might, you mother. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there's um, scandal. So a lot of times we t- use scandal just to describe like if you're horrified at somebody's actions, which are perceived to be immoral or something like that. Right. Um, so anything that causes like horror or consternation or just like oh I don't feel good about that or right. oh my gosh that's scandalous you right. know like we kind of use that really loosely yes but theologically in the tradition of the church there's a very precise definition of scandal that I don't think most people are tuned into and I think it's good because uh, we're always throwing this word around you know so the uh, Thomas Aquinas he talked about scandal as a word or action either evil in itself or evil in appearance like apparently evil. Which occasions another spiritual ruin. Uh. Another's spiritual ruin. And the catechism says something a little broader, but similar. Scandal is an attitude or behavior which leads another to do evil. So, okay. I mean, really simply put, you do something that's going to lead another person to sin, then you are causing, you are doing scandal. Nice. That's scandalous. So, I don't know how you were causing those old ladies to sin at the wedding, but... Can I scandalize you Please. by throwing a little uh, little landmine in the middle of your podcast here? Oh, okay. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul. Paul refers to Jesus as the scandalon to the Gentiles. The stumbling He's block. He's the stumbling block to the Gentiles. That's Riddle right. me that. That's right. Well, scandal, I mean, the etymology of it in the Greek is a stumbling block. Right. So you can look at that as but two the ways. theological you, development. You can, say, you can say it's a stumbling block to do good. Uh, or like Jesus was a stumbling block to the Jews because it was something that they couldn't get over. 
the fact that he was claiming to be the Messiah, but yet he was doing everything the Messiah was not. So they 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 were prevented from understanding what was going on. He was a folly to the Gentiles. He's he a stumbling block to the Jews. I mix that up. No, no, that's right. Okay. Isn't that what I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but scandal in the way that the church is uh, used. I mean, we still talk about he was a scandal to the Jews, um, a stumbling block. But scandal in the way it's used uh, in the moral theological tradition is that it's a stumbling block for those who are, who may be trying to do good and they're tripped up by somebody else's errors. Right. So we're still using it as stumbling block, but there's two different meanings that have kind of developed. Gotcha. Good work. Um, Way to throw that landmine back in life. Oh, that's right. Sucker. That's right. Um, I'm scandalized. So yeah, scandal is a funny thing because I, you know, we and we and our friends and you guys might know this. You know, there's a time or two where we'll have a drink or you'll dance. You're, you and crazy. your friends, me and my friends. Yeah, you're don't put in this your group of people. Don't put your hate on me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, dancing at weddings, things like this that some people might say. Oh, you know, Unbe- this is unbefitting, unbecoming of a young priest, of mm-hmm. a young parson. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a question I've thought about a lot because, especially at Steubenville, and I don't know how many of our listeners can relate to this experience, but my uh, during my undergrad, when I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, great place, loved it, totally changed my life and my world. But one of the things that Franciscan that's kind of unique is that virtue is esteemed. It's a place where it's kind of cool to be holy, right? right? And whenever you have a place where virtue is esteemed, people will pretend like they have it. Right. You know, and so there's this, always this temptation at Steubenville where it's cool to be holy. People pretend like they're holy because right. they're, I mean, that's human nature. Yeah, we want to be course. liked by people, right? And I kind of saw this in myself and I wanted to react against it because I'm like, I don't want to just do pious things because I want people to think well of me. So I would kind of like, in some ways, go out of my way to be like a pure little impious and hide my piety more uh, just to kind of, my emphasis was like, I'm not trying uh, predominantly to be virtuous as much as I'm trying to be authentic right? and let, I'm just going to be who I am and allow God to sanctify that and right. pray for the grace. But if I just try to seek virtue all the time, I'm just, I'm, I could just be building a facade of virtue uh, where underneath I'm just kind of the same guy. I'm right. just doing it to, to please others, you know? Right. I don't know if that makes any sense. It, it makes total sense. And I think it's, it was very helpful for me. And I, I'm at a point, you know, I, I had a point after college where I was like, okay, I think I'm really just, a, I'm not worried about, you know, I'm secure enough in who I am that I think I can just kind of focus on trying to be virtuous and right. going down that route. But some people were really like, is, you know, you could do some things that are perceived as like scandalous, you know, like being a little obnoxious or being like, I don't know, you know, my household AMBG. Yeah, they're a little crazy. Exactly. So you have guys who are, you know, drinking within moderately, you know, smoking. Uh, sometimes there's tobacco, there's tobacco. tobacco products. <laughs> so my question for you, John, is where is the line between um, being catering to people's like perceptions of what is right and wrong. Uh, even if like, okay, so we can talk about smoking is not an intrinsic evil. It can be an intrinsic evil thing if you're addicted to it. Right. Um, and if it's, you know, but and we have but the catechism says you can use it in moderation. Exactly. You can use it in moderation. Same with alcoholic products, but it's, it's totally taboo to smoke cigarettes and it's actually more acceptable to get drunk than it is to smoke in moderation. It's true. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, it depends on where you are, but yeah. In I'd Boulder, say definitely in Boulder. Oh, for sure. Definitely in Boulder. Um, um, and then and I had a, I was talking to a seminarian who had a big fight with another seminarian about whether or not cussing I was guess. intrinsically evil. Yes. You know, is it intrinsically wrong, wrong to pronounce certain words, you know? Um, and so, I mean, I would, on all three of those, I would say, no, they're not always sinful all the time. Um, 
but some people would disagree with that. So my question for you is this: in how in your you know public persona and how you relate to people, where is the line between kind of catering to people's kind of scrupulosity, I guess, about certain things that are perceived as morally wrong, and kind of throwing that to the wind and being like, you know, who cares? I don't care what people think. I'm just going to be myself. And if they take it the wrong way, you know, you're going to cause scandal and you don't care. So where, how do you, how do you kind of, as a priest even, because you have even a more eyes on you with the collar on. Yeah, yeah. I felt that in seminary, you know, when right. you guys in public with the collar, you kind of have to pay attention to Absolutely. how you're Stop picking your nose all the time. Jim. So how do you, exactly. So how I, do you kind of navigate that? My goal in life is to be scandalous without being offensive. What does that mean? What do you mean by scandalous? Okay. You don't mean scandalous in the way I just talked about it, though. No, what I mean by scandal, scandalous is to... Um, to I would run to be offensive without being scandalous. Really? Well, I don't know. I Well, whatever we want to call it, basically, this is what I'm trying to do. People have a perception of the priest, and they've got him in this little box, and he should never really come into the public square, and if he does come into the public square, he should be really awkward and really uncomfortable, and he should be condemning everyone, <laughs> judging everyone. Yeah, right. And my goal in life is to destroy that perception. They're not going to come to the church, so I'm going to go to the bars and I'm going to go to the coffee shops and I'm going to talk to them. And I scandalized a bunch of Steubenville kids by telling them this, that that's where I go because they're there looking for community because they haven't found it in the church or they're convinced they can't find it in the church. And I'm the agent of authority, hierarchy, uh, and condemning their freedom. But if they can get an experience of humanity in this collar then it's going to change their perceptions considerably. And sometimes it means having a cigarette with them outside of a bar. But see, sometimes, then you're not really scandalizing them, though. You're not in the proper sense. You're no, not, not in the proper you're sense. You're not actually causing them to do evil. Right. You might actually be doing a good for them because you're kind of helping them to see that holiness isn't always what you think I it would say like. this is scandal in the Pauline sense. What does that mean? Well, Jesus was the scandal to the Jews. Yeah, a stumbling block. A stumbling block. Mm-hmm. I want to be a stumbling block. I want their perception of priesthood, of Christianity, to be completely annihilated. Right, where I can, I'll just do random things like that. I'll talk to people in line, just anything I can to just break into their world. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I like your tattoo. I was thinking about getting this right above my heart. What do you think about that? Oh, right. what? Wait a second, priest? I mean, that's... Yeah, you don't fit into their category. You don't fit into your category. So I, it's not scandalous in that sense or offensive. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't in fact want to cause scandal. But I like to really shake up their perception of what the priesthood. You don't is. want to lead people to evil, but you do kind of want to shock people exactly into, wanna... into kind of reconsidering. And that means Catholics and non-Catholics as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I think the priesthood is something very, very different. Well, it, it has to be. It has to be with each guy because your humanity is not gone. And so much of the, um, I think, immature, and it's not, it's not bad. It's just an immature understanding of holiness means that I have to set my human. I don't have to do the hard work of fostering and forming my humanity but it's just a more of taking on uh, more and more piety that's what holiness is piety instead of i become fully alive fully exactly myself. that's our tendency it's to kind of over spiritualize and this is what i felt with student mill well it's not our tendency yeah. it used to be our it tendency. used to be exactly <laughs> now, now our tendency is probably the other side yeah right um but yeah the tendency to just over spiritualize everything to kind of coat our humanity in kind of like spiritual jimmies or something like that yeah um but and that's just, it just, it's kind of a lack of the understanding of the incarnation and that Christ is fully human right. and he sanctifies what's human. Right. Uh, grace builds on nature. But it's even funny. I mean, even with our podcast here, how many people like the fact that we have a little whiskey while we uh, do this and, and then some how people some people don't. think it's from hell. Yeah, it's true. And you know what? Um, we drink a lot of coffee and uh, we like tobacco products. We use them in moderation. I think there's a difference between profanity and cussing, to be quite honest. Hmm. I think profanity is a sinful thing. 
Uh, what is the difference? Well, I think it's about the the gravity or the violence of the words. I think there's a big difference between uh, saying something's bullshit versus dropping an f bomb. Right. There's something. There's a violence to that word coming from its Greek or not Greek, the German root of it, uh, which we could talk about. In a whole I wonder if podcast. we should bleep that out. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, taking the Lord's name in vain. I don't right. think that's ever acceptable. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever just, um, but, um, yeah. So like when I give homilies, I'm trying to kind of stir people up a little bit and by, by really being honest, but I don't want to be like cussing at him or something like, you know, <laughs> exactly. or, you know, even if it isn't, uh, yeah. It's, so it, it cussing is an interesting thing because I mean, and all these things, like there's always, I think we should, we should nuance some of the things like with drinking, like it's always wrong to get drunk, right? And it's even wrong, even when you, if you're not getting drunk, it can be, it can be, and you can be doing something in excess to the place where it's right. a crutch in your life, right? Um, so we're not, we don't want to condone that. You know, there's definitely a way that uh, these things can be sinful. Uh, so I think it's important when we say, you know, when we're using <laughs> tobacco products or alcohol products, that moderation is something real and it's something to be discerned uh, for each person. Right. Um, there's no, uh, what's that line from Chesterton? There's no distinction between the cross, a pint, and a pipe or something like that. Oh, no, there's no uh, contradiction. contradiction, yeah. That's right. And then the other thing I was thinking of is uh, with drinking is Thomas says, for the alleviation of melancholy, it is fitting for one to drink to the point of hilarity. Is that a gust? De hilaritate. Thomas? That's Thomas. Really? Yep. I always thought De that was hilaritate. That's so funny. And I think that's a great kind of governing thing. It's like you drink to the point of hilarity. But... um yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a it's much harder to go down this path than it is to just draw black and white. Drinking is bad, smoking is bad, you know. But just, these are the same things. I mean, if you look at scripture, that I mean, Christ scandalized the Pharisees yeah. by drinking and yeah. partying with the tax collectors. Right, uh, like he was a scandal to people in that way because he thought and because they would their perception of what he was doing was that he was you know, sinning with these people. Right. And he scandalized even more when he would be forgiving sins and, you know, uh, kind of implying that he was the Messiah and things right. like that. Um, so there's a, there has to be some way where uh, you, we can't cater completely to what people are thinking all the time. And sometimes people are, are going to be scandalized, uh, hopefully not led to sin. And that is a good distinction to make too. Like there's the, the catechism talks about, uh, or maybe it's Thomas talks about direct scandal. Scandal, scandal taken. Yeah. Well, it talks about that, but I'm thinking about direct scandal uh-huh. and indirect scandal. Direct scandal is like you're trying or you're completely negligent about whether somebody uh, is going to be led to sin because of your actions. Like, and they would call that, in the tradition, we call it diabolical scandal. Like the, like the evil one is the one who's trying right. to get us to sin. Right, right. That's his intention. Indirect scandal is the one we're talking about more, which is we don't have an intention of people sinning, but do we need to kind of be more solicitous in the way we act? Um, and an interesting thing, like I thought this, when I was, uh, I went to the Holy Land um, last summer with a group and... Um, I was with Carrie Pearsall, a friend of ours, fellow seminarian, and Ryan O'Neill, who was a deacon at the time and was wearing his clerics. And we weren't smoking, like, all the time. But there was, like, you know, every, I don't know, once a day or once or twice a day we'd have a cigarette. And people knew we were seminarians. And I knew that they were totally, some of them were totally, they would make horrified. comments. Or horrified. Horrified. Yeah. And my reaction was kind of like, whatever. You know, like, they're going to think what they will. I, I know we're not, like, going over the, over the board with this, you know. Um, we're just kind of relaxing. And, uh, but then I thought about it more and I thought, well, this could be, this could be a problem if I'm putting up a wall between me and them right away because they're seeing me smoke or something like that, smoke or drink or something like that. Even if, even if I'm not being sinful, uh, to them, it's an apparent evil. And especially, I mean, if I was a lay person, it wouldn't matter as much, I guess, but being, uh, 
a priest or a seminarian or being in the collar, it like makes a wall for the gospel to be communicated. Yeah. And with some people, it brings down a wall. You know, if yeah. you're at a bar and you have a cigarette with somebody, they're like, oh, all of a sudden they relax with you and they can like actually share their lives with yeah. you. Um, but it's interesting. So I've thought now like, well, maybe if I smoke, I shouldn't really do it in front of anybody. Or like, you know, that's... It's very hard to know because it is so faux pas. It's uh, true. It is... Uh, yeah, these are just tough questions. But moderation is always harder than abstinence when it comes to tobacco when it comes to alcohol and virtues where moderation is yep you know it's not always just with abstinence it's abstinence can be a path to virtue for sure but um Uh, yeah go ahead but i think that we have a group of guys who are pretty committed to this cause uh to kind of walking the fine line between scandal and phariseeism uh, Mm -hmm. but really committed to walking that line together as brothers and we got all different extremes we got some guys who fall uh who you know who are of excess of, of the guys who i think uh are a little too uptight, frankly. And, right. uh, and, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see the, this crew of guys kind of moving together with this intention of kind of hitting the middle ground. Uh, this is a good podcast. Yeah. It's interesting. I, uh, you revealed all of our vices. <laughs> That's right. I have, I guess I have, don't be scandalized, but just remember anything that we do. Gobel does it like five times. More. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's way worse than all of us. <laughs> He's so much worse than us. Uh, no, um, no, I think it's important too. I think it's Francis de Sales. He says something that for the one who it's interesting too, because the, in the catechism scandal is underneath, uh, the fifth commandment, which is, you know, that shall not kill. It's underneath that because scandal has always been seen as spiritual murder. Huh. You know, you're killing someone's soul. So Francis de Sales has this line that the one who commits scandal uh, commits spiritual murder, but the one who is scandalized commits spiritual suicide. Whoa. Like the fact, like being scandalized, like ma- mainly being led to do evil by, because of what, something that you see that's sinful. So it's just as sinful as to be scandalized. Maybe not just as sinful, but it's wrong to be scandalized. Mean to allow somebody else's action to uh, lead you to evil. Wow. Uh, so I think that's always something to keep in mind too. It's not like we can't always be uh, focusing on the one who's giving scandal as much as you know, the people who are, you know, we need to talk, you know, people who are scandalized by things to be like, look, and that's the problem with uh, a lot of the, the priest scandals, which are legitimate scandals, you know, right. uh, because people see the hypocrisy Right. Uh, in the church and they see the kind of the messiness of it and the sinfulness frankly of the church and uh and they just kind of throw up their hands and be like well i'm not i'm not gonna be part of this church anymore right and we can't we can't allow allow scandals to scandalize us and and those we love you know just to kind of be like look the world's a mess the church is a mess just as much as everything else but you know what the holy spirit's with it and somehow people are being sanctified and led uh, to divine life through this. It's and and I think that's the final thing is like, we have to keep our eyes fixated on Christ because in the world, Catholics are condemned as Pharisees by Protestants. Catholics are condemned as like scandalous drunks and whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. really we are. I, I did a Baptist wedding uh, or a girl who converted, but her family is Baptist. And they looked at me like this guy is absolutely, you know, the worst. So we have to really keep our hearts kind of penetrated on, on Christ, our gaze fixed on him if we're going to walk this line. Otherwise, it's it's just too perilous. So, Well, we'll see you guys next week. And see any more week. thoughts, suggestions, insults, comments, whatever, we will take them. Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com.